Hey everyone, my name is Kyla. Welcome to my channel where I talk about the stock market and the economy amongst other things. So today I'm going to be talking about how money isn't real. <laughs> yeah, so I am a little bit ill. Um, so if I sound a little bit stuffy, so sorry if I sound a little bit stuffy, but I did want to come on here and talk about why money isn't real. <laughs> so why Shiba coin flipped Dogecoin, why Facebook became meta and of what it all means. So last week I talked about the trucking crisis. I talked about small businesses. I talked about supply chains. I talked about Zillow. I talked about hyperinflation. Um, and today I want to talk about the disconnect from reality. So if you've been watching my content for a while, you've noticed probably a subtle shift in the stuff that I've covered and the things that I've talked about. I've increasingly tackled these thematic ideas and I feel like they're important to tackle. I left my job in asset management at the beginning of this year, which feels like 10 years ago, but I left my job and the very first piece that I wrote was about Roblox. Another piece that I wrote very soon after was why the meme markets are the markets. My very first YouTube video was about the stonk market. I was talking about how memification as a function of information access. The market is fueled by this meme access. There isn't as much of the market trading against fundamentals, but rather trading against memes. And this is really a sociological phenomenon where meme markets show not only the growing power of the retail investors, the power shifting away from the institutions, but also the structural cracks in the market. So. The market is no longer driven by fundamentals, it's driven by memes. So no longer a metaphor, but a living structure, the stonk market. And I tried to explain it a little bit in my last piece. Oh, there's been unprecedented stimulus. People are absolutely flush with cash. But oftentimes this stuff feels like absolutely unexplainable. When you go and you try and explain it to one of your friends who isn't in the stock market and you're like, oh, people think that it's a cool stock. It's like, oh, what? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. We are entering into where we have memed our entire society, I think. The question is, what happens when money no longer becomes money? So last week I talked a little bit about hyperinflation and hyperinflation was the reason that the German mark lost all its value and the government kept on printing. The government it no longer became a reality for people to use the German mark as currency. It didn't hold any value to them. And money is only driven by collective belief and so once the u.s took the dollar off the gold standard it's backed by the full faith and credit of the u.s government we have money that is backed by guns and it being the reserve currency it only has value because we collectively agree that the u.s dollar one u.s dollar is one u.s dollar and i can buy a loaf of bread with my one u.s dollar we collectively agree that it has that value across the board but there isn't any reality behind that dollar besides the guns and the full faith and credit of the U.S. government. With hyperinflation, the German mark became not real. There wasn't collective belief in the German mark, so it lost all its value. And when you think about the markets at large, that's essentially what's happening. As you see this divorce from reality, you see people believing that something should go up by X percent, so they funnel their dollars into it, and it goes up. More people funnel money into it. It's a huge feedback loop, and a lot of the stuff stems from this mindset of, but what if it goes up more? So I was at Trader Joe's yesterday scavenging for food, and there was sheep coin discourse from my cashier, which is fine. They were like, oh, you know, did you buy it? Did you buy it? And I was like, well, what are they? Excuse me. <laughs> I'm a financial content creator. <laughs> what are you saying? No, I haven't bought it yet. And they were like, well, you should. What if it goes up to one cent? 
how do you argue with that sort of investment thesis? You can't be, well, no, it's not going to go up to one cent because there's no underlying fundamentals because the market no longer trades on fundamentals, <laughs> even in the stock market. And I'll talk about the stock market. This is not just about crypto, but the market no longer trades against any fundamentals. So if you're looking at cheap coin and you're like, why does it go up the way that it goes up? The answer is, why wouldn't it? I know, right? So in, I'm going to talk about like sort of this inductive versus deductive reasoning that we have in the markets now. That's the thesis, right? So when you look at the dog coins like Doge and Sheep, it makes sense. They're driven as much by collective belief as the US dollar is driven by collective belief in the full faith and credit in the US government. And that is a super bizarre statement. And I feel weird saying it, but that's kind of what's going on, I think. So when you look at Schrodinger's dog coin, which is kind of what this is, Sheep took off recently. The meme coins never pretend to be anything other than a meme. Doge kind of like tried to be a little bit more and they're like, oh, people can transact with this. But somebody made an absurd amount of money. And also I met the Dogecoin millionaire, mad respect for him. You should go check out his channel. I'll link to it below. He is really just a fun guy. I think a really good uh, instance of like what the communities are in, in the crypto world. And, and he's just really fun. So go check out his channel if you want to learn more about Doge. I'm not investment advice. I, I, yeah, nope. With Sheep, right? Uh, somebody made an absurd amount of money off an $8,000 initial investment, which is like absolutely as atmospheric returns. If you think about it, the wallet bought roughly $8,000 of Sheep last August, which is now worth about $5.7 billion. What? Like, whoa, <laughs> that's really big. And this is essentially like the greatest trade of all time, turning $8,000 into $5.7 billion in 400 days. Warren Buffett is crying right now because he's like, I could never, I would never, I can never, because you can't do that in a regular market, probably. The most interesting thing about this trade is they likely cannot get out of it, which gets into the Schrodinger's dog coin idea. So if you're going to pull $5.3 billion from a meme coin, how are you not going to cause the whole market to come crashing down? Where is the liquidity on the other side of that trade? So I sat on a high yield credit desk. I was lucky enough to sit on a high yield credit desk. The guys on the desk were amazing and I learned a lot from them. They had to be so careful about how they entered and exited positions because they couldn't move the markets. And same with our equity traders at the time too. You have to be so careful as an institution because you're moving millions and millions of dollars in and out of stocks. Trying to pull $5.3 billion from a dog coin. Okay, are you going to do that segment by segment? Are you going to scrape it out? Like who knows? And so much of crypto is, is reliant on inflows. So people are betting that things are going to continue to go up, that these things really do trade beta to flows because they don't have any underlying fundamentals. So you're going to have to have money keep on funneling into the space in order for these things to keep on going up. That is the underlying thing that's happening with crypto is more and more people are like, oh, what's going on? I'd like to be a part of this too. So it trades beta to flows. Like it doesn't trade beta to anything else. Uh, beta meaning that it moves in relative to flows. One dollar of flows is going to be one dollar of capital appreciation, essentially. More money, thing go up. That's across the board, right? But then this, this paradox of sheep coin is, so are you really rich if you can't get the money out of your coin? Like, are you really a billionaire if you cannot access the billions of dollars that you made on your dog coin? If you can't get the money, does that mean the money is yours? Is a dog coin alive or dead? Um, and this is the gamble, right? So the sheep coin and the broader meme coin phenomenon are really interesting because they don't pretend to be anything that they're not. Like I said, we're a meme. And the, if you want to come along on this roller coaster ride, you can. We're not promising anything. This is essentially a gamble. When you really zoom out and you look at the ecosystem, <laughs> 
it is collective belief, but there has to be somebody driving that collective belief, like a centralized entity. So memes are only going to get you so far. An interesting thing that happened with Sheebcoin and within this like broader meme coin ecosystem is that Sheeb sent Vitalik, who is the founder of Ethereum, $1.4 billion in Sheeb earlier this year as a marketing scheme, and he donated it to a COVID relief fund. So Sheeb had to scramble around, get their bags <laughs> to go pump them. Um, and the fastest way to do that is meme yourself and sort of do some kind of inside game and the easiest way to solve liquidity is to pump yourself as a meme coin. And so there's always a centralized ring around the pump and dump. There has to be a centralized leader within each of these schemes or else you don't get that collective belief. There has to be some sort of ringleader. Community ownership only works if there's somebody leading the community. Like That's just kind of how it is. You have to have some sort of organizer who's going to get everybody else involved. There has to be some sort of move now, wow, dude, if you don't get in now, game over kind of ideology. You have to have other people lining up the people to enter the meme coin behind you. So, you know, if I was pumping sheep coin i'd be like hey sheep coin's gonna go up 1100 percent and it's gonna pay for your retirement like you shouldn't get in my guy and then you would turn around and be like whoa my guy like you should also get in too and we kind of it's like it functions like a multi-level marketing scheme. <laughs> That's how you get a coin to pump. There are underlying fundamentals of this game, so it's not cash flow and profitability, right? How you would think of valuing a company in the old world. That's not how we value companies now. It's FOMO and get rich quick. So the game is always being played. So recently, Punk9998 was bought for $532 million. An absurd amount of money, right? That is crazy amounts of money. And that was essentially two wallets pushing money around. It's a great marketing move. Sure, like, yeah, like, I'll send you this, you send me that. They were able to buy this $500 million punk, but nobody, like, made any money on it. Nobody lost any money on it. It was just guys pushing, or people pushing money back and forth. Great marketing move. Get in the game. Millions of dollars, my dude. $500 million this punk just sold for. You're missing out on that capital appreciation in your life. <laughs> and that's huge, right? And the, the, also, there's massive amounts of FOMO generated. That's what you have to do, right? Because none of this would work if there wasn't that element of FOMO, if people didn't feel like they were missing out on this like once-in-a-lifetime wealth. Because if you can make $500 million selling a CryptoPunk, why wouldn't you? If you could take the upside of that bet, why wouldn't you? Sure, you'll throw 20 bucks into the ring. You'll say, man, you know, sure, I, I would love to make $500 million. I would never have to work again. I would be able to pay for all the medical bills of everybody in my family and more. And that is life-changing money. And when people think about that and they think about the speculation versus gambling side of it, it gets really interesting. So the big question is, what does it mean if you can throw $20 at something and potentially make $500 million? So there's American society struggles at large with this concept of gambling. The U.S. government has long encouraged lottery. I mean, my college education was partly paid for by the lottery in Kentucky, where people lose money on the lottery and it goes towards a scholarship fund. I was also lucky enough to get a full ride at school from the generosity of donors, but uh, some of my college was paid for by the lottery, which is crazy, right? Like if you think about it, we have a get rich quick mindset in our society. We like to take risky bets because we are really bad at pricing risk. And I talked about this before. We don't know how to evaluate risk, and that is compounded by FOMO. That is compounded by this, oh my gosh, I'm going to miss out on this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to make wealth. And this sort of behavior shows up in the stock market too, and Robinhood has increasingly encouraged that kind of behavior where it's like, oh, I got to get in, Reddit too. 
there's no fundamental reason why the stock market should keep on going up, considering the underlying fundamentals of the world that we exist in right now. Earnings are not that good on aggregate, and guidance has been weak. Apple did really great on earnings, but they were like, hey, the supply chain is pretty wacky. Amazon supply chain is pretty wacky. So why does it keep on going up? We have Evergrande, we have rising inflation, we have supply chain issues, hyperinflation's coming, and there's labor shortages, but yet the S&P keeps on ticking upwards. And it's because people are placing bets on companies like Tesla, which trades at an absolutely absurd valuation. And I wrote about that in the Elon Premium piece, and you can go and check that out for like a little bit more of how I think about Tesla in valuation. But people price Elon in as part of this broader narrative because the meme, the meme of Elon is a great value in today's market structure. That guy is driving so much of the market cap of Tesla. He's driving about 70% of the market value of Tesla. Ah, that's wild. And, and so when you think about that, the broader narrative really spins to this idea of speculation versus gambling, which is which, like, does it matter anymore? And I asked this question to a couple of people who I really admire as investors, and they always say it's positive expected value versus negative expected value. So with speculation, you have positive expected value where it's like, okay, I'm going to, like, I know that this trades relative to some sort of underlying fundamental, usually the news and sentiments, whereas gambling is random. And that's fair. You gamble with the knowledge that you could lose it all and more, and the cards will not fall into your favor. But when you speculate on the markets, you put 50 bucks into Doge with the hopes to make 500 million because there's news, there's sentiment behind it. You don't know which one is going to be next, which is like kind of giving it that gambly flavor. But overall, overwhelmingly, it's speculation. And there's an element of non-randomness to the speculation. And right like so you you could probably figure out what dog coin is going to pump next like i still think it's I still think it's gambling but you could figure it out if you really went into the discords <laughs> um speculation shouldn't be an investment thesis probably there should probably be more than just oh maybe it'll go up there should be more thought into the why and the how versus the maybe right but speculation has asymmetric upside in this market environment because why wouldn't you put 50 bucks in with the idea that one day you could make 500. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? I mean, it'd be nuts not to. And that's why we see so much inflow into crypto in some of these meme companies like Tesla is because why wouldn't you play the game? Why wouldn't you play the game? Speaking of meme king Elon, he tweeted this out um, earlier this year. The most entertaining outcome is the most likely. It was January 7th. So kind of a very good summary of this year. In a world where speculation is the best investment thesis and fundamentals are based on FOMO, the funniest thing will be the most likely thing. This gets into inductive versus deductive reasoning. We usually use inductive reasoning in finance where we say, oh, you know, observation analysis theory. This company has X cash flows. Cash flow is a sign of a good company. This is a good company. But in meme markets, it's more deductive reasoning. Dog coin goes up. This is a dog coin. Or dog coin go up. Idea, observation, conclusion. Dog coin go up. Observation, we see it go up. Conclusion, all dog coin go up. Observation, this company has cash flows. Analysis, cash flow is a good sign of good company. Theory, this is a good company. Everything stems from an idea and then that eventual observation. There's no fundamentals. There's no 
fundamentals. Yeah, it's funny. It'll go up. And that's the underlying thesis behind why she flipped Doge. It was momentarily funnier and might be because Elon said he didn't own it, but it was FOMO. It was get rich quick. It was asymmetric upside bet on why people think that the dog coin was funny too. Taking in situational context from what happened with Doge and saying, eh, I'll throw 20 bucks at it. That's the most entertaining outcome. That is the most likely. Facebook becoming meta is kind of funny, right? Like, so Facebook announced that they were going to go all in on the metaverse, change their name to meta. Zuck is all in on meta Zuckerberg verse. And it's actually really interesting because Zuck is working backwards. So if you, there was a piece by Ben Thompson and Zuck said to Ben, I think that this is going to unlock a lot of the product experiences that I wanted to build since before I started Facebook. So this is Zuck returning to the world that Zuck wants to build. And it's really interesting from a founder story because it's like he, he could have left, he could have done all this stuff, he could have retired, but he stayed because he believes in the metaverse. And this is because the world is increasingly malleable. The metaverse is this proposed solution to all the things that have bu bubbled below the surface for so long. How do you interact digitally online? How do you own your own time? Which gets into this idea of the true decentralization of work, the creator economy, Web3 style ownership of your online space. The metaverse is the solution to all of the above because it theoretically will allow us into these immersive online experiences. That gets back into this idea of the main thesis of the piece. The fact that that money is just, you know, a gateway into all these other systems, the metaverse and and crypto broadly are just not about revolutionizing finance, but really just about revolutionizing culture. And it's cool, but it's also overwhelming because there's a massive disconnect between our physical reality and our digital reality. Ryan Peterson, who is the CEO of Flexport, has done a lot of really great threads on this, how supply chains are a mess, energy prices are volatile, the yield curve momentarily inverted, and yet everything continues to go up. And the summary of his thread is that companies are incentivized to strip away themselves into their bare bones. They're no excess capacity, no extra inventory, no employee loyalty, because they're operating at this minimal viable production level. And he says in his tweet thread, how much of the amazing quarterly earnings we're seeing out of public companies right now is actually just accounting shenanigans. Accounting hacks are really hard to decipher. And we saw this in the tech bubble where software companies are essentially buckling around accounting laws and no one knew how to value them. So they're able to play with accounting to inflate all their metrics and then boom bust, right? So like companies were not being valued in the way that they should have been during the tech bubble and they were able to like play with those metrics and they just boom bust cycle to to the nth degree and it was really about how big that you could get it wasn't about the underlying fundamentals companies were more focused on advertising versus building and that's sort of the problem that we have now where incentives are absolutely skewed away from capital investment and in infrastructure because that doesn't look as pretty it doesn't look as pretty to wall street to have that and this is why you can't meme a trucking company is because there's a physical nature to their product and clayton christensen wrote the new church of finance back in 2012 where money has gone from innovating right to more sustaining more efficiency we don't see innovation that's not great for the economy because that's not where true economic growth lies we just have companies like walmart who are like oh we're going to be a low-cost provider we have companies like toyota where they're going to have the prius replace the camry where it's a better product at lower profit but we don't have companies that are empowering where they're taking something complicated and expensive and creating access for people that's what we're sort of missing out on this whole equation here we're prioritizing profit over innovation and of course this circles back to policy where we've made accounting and all the metrics a meme that companies can follow. We have strayed away from the physical because it's not easy enough to meme. The incentives are absolutely skewed. Some final thoughts, like memes are great. They get people invested. They allow for a certain element of growth and inflow because they're funny. They encourage FOMO and they create these investable narratives. But we can't forget at the end of the day, we exist feet on the ground. It's a bit dark, but if you die in the metaverse, you die in real life. And I think it's important to remember that we still have to have innovation. We still have to 
have this empowering, taking something complicated and expensive and creating access for more people versus just better products at better profits and low cost providers stepping in. We have to remember that ShibaCoin, although it might be funny, isn't going to change the world. How do we get more capital doing the right thing? The entertaining outcome is the most likely and we have to think about how we can shift that narrative into making the world a better place versus investing all the money into Shiba. The dog coins like Doge and Shiba make sense. They're driven as much by collective belief as the US dollar is driven by collective belief in the full faith and credit in the US government. It's good to have fun, but what can we do with that capital investment and allocation that we couldn't have done before? So Shiba Inu, go to the moon, but I think that it's important to remember that, you know, feet on the ground this is our world and we got to take care of it. So thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for hanging out and I will see you all soon.